Greetings and welcome to Faith Talk. I am your host, Lolita Jones. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. How many of you excited to see this brand new day? How many of you excited in knowing that Jesus loves you? How many of you are excited that you are saved and sanctified and baptized in God Holy Spirit with a mighty burning fire for the truth and to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ? I don't know about you, but I'm excited because I made the wake up list. I'm excited to still be in the land of the living. I'm excited to know that Jesus is my savior, my Lord, my master, my king, and he is my friend. Thank you for visiting us. Thank you for listening right here on Faith Talk. Hallelujah. This is a podcast to lift you up, to encourage you, to equip you, to help build your faith, to know that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ever ask, think, or dream about, or imagine. Who wouldn't serve a God like this? Won't he do it? We are living testimonies being in this day and hour. We are living testimonies of his goodness and of his grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I introduce to you at this time, my brother, he is my brother, and my friend, Pastor J. Kyle Nicholson from Richmond, Virginia. Take out your pens and your paper to take notes. God has a word for you. Pastor J. Kyle Nicholson from Richmond, Virginia. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Greetings to you all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I bring you greetings from Richmond, Virginia, uh, Church of Gates of Faith Ministries, Church of God in Christ, where my leader is the Bishop Alfred L. Nicholson. I am honored to serve as his co-pastor, and I'm so glad the Lord has saved me. I thank God for saving me, for keeping me, uh, and for bringing me to another day that was not promised, but it was granted. This, my friends, is the day the Lord has made. We have a choice. We can choose to rejoice and be glad in it. If my dad was on the line right now, he would say, if you find it difficult to rejoice in the day that he has made, why don't you switch roles? Instead of uh, rejoicing in the day, why don't you tomorrow make the day? Why don't you see if you can hang the sun and and, uh, make sure everyone's breathing and make sure everyone has got the grace and mercy that they need uh, to make it through another day? No, God did all of that. And then our job was to rejoice. And so we've come tonight to rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I saw the Lord and he heard me and saved me out of all of my trouble. I praise God for the opportunity to share in this Life Changers call tonight, Life Changers ministry, with the amazing evangelist Lolita M. Jones, uh, founder of the Life Changers ministry. I am absolutely in all of the anointing and grace that resides uh, with her. And I thank God for what he is doing in her life, uh, this great leader. I know we're not necessarily in church, but would you just applaud the Lord in your own way and give God praise for our leader tonight. We thank God for what he is doing in and through her ministry. This Life Changes ministry is impactful uh, for the kingdom of God. And that's tonight what I really want to talk about 
I want to go to a very, very familiar passage tonight, uh, but I pray that the familiarity of the passage does not blind us or, or cloak the revelation of what we'll see tonight as we go to the word of God for a time tonight. And so uh, before we go any further, I want to lastly honor my wife, who may or may not be on by this time, but I thank God for Sister Keisha Nicholson, who uh, is an absolute blessing to me. I want to go to the scriptures tonight, the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 9 through 13, a uh, very, very, very familiar passage, but because I know I'm preaching and teaching to prayer warriors tonight, I know that this is very, very important for what we are assigned to do in this day. So uh, let's open up in a word of prayer, uh, and after that we'll go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. Father God, we thank you for this time, the gathering of the saints, God. We thank you for life, for health, for strength for food, for clothing, for shelter. God, we thank you for another day that was not promised, but it was granted. This is the day that you have made, and we choose tonight to rejoice and be glad in it. We are honored that you are our Father, you are our God, you are our Lord and our King. We honor you tonight, Lord, because it did not have to be this way, but because of your grace and your mercy, we have not been consumed. Great is your faithfulness, O God, unto us. And so we come tonight, Lord, thanking you for another opportunity to gather around your word, Lord. I ask you to allow your word to be anointed, illuminated in our lives tonight, God. Even though this may be a familiar passage and a familiar text, I pray, God, that you would let the revelation be real to us today as it relates to what you want out of our lives. We praise you, God, now for what you'll do, God. Get the glory out of this time. Let no flesh glory in your sight. Satan, the Lord rebuke you, and every one of your plans is canceled, not postponed, but canceled. Every one of your traps is broken. You have no right, no reign, no rule, nor jurisdiction in this call, in the replay, and in the lives of those who are coming in tonight. Praise you now, dear Heavenly Father, for giving us authority over the enemy. We ask you, Lord, to let this word go forth with an anointing that convicts us where we're wrong, challenges us uh, to, to improve and comforts us where we're right, but brings us into the will of God. We give in the name the glory, O God, all the honor and all the praise that is due only you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Right quick, we're going to go to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. Very, very familiar passage, but don't let the revelation escape you. This is Jesus speaking. And he has just been asked how, the, how to pray. And the disciples have come to Jesus and said, teach us, O Master, how to pray. This is his response. Verse 9 of chapter 6 in Matthew. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our, our debts or our trespasses as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I want to preach for a few moments uh, from this thought, kingdom-minded. Kingdom-minded. I hope you're, you're, you're writing this down. I want to talk tonight about being kingdom-minded. 
Uh, this is a very, very familiar passage. We know the Lord's Prayer when we were young people. It was one of the first things we learned. I think you learned the, the Lord's Prayer right beside Psalm 23. And uh, we've all grown up with the Lord's Prayer, and, and, and this was the model prayer. Uh, and we have learned this over the years, but I believe it is very important for us to really understand what Jesus was teaching the disciples in this moment. These are not the exact words that he wants you to pray, but this is the model. And there are certain pieces that are necessary for we as disciples, as believers, as especially intercessors. I know I'm preaching to a group who understands the importance of prayer and intercession. So tonight, I want to take a, a second look at this, what we call the Lord's Prayer, and let's see what the Lord shall say. Now, before we do, we need to get a few definitions and terms. Uh, see, reality is because we are the people of God, because we are intercessors, we need to understand what it means when we pray and how we ought to pray and the terminologies thereof. Uh, for instance, many of us have, have referred to what we call the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. But I want you to know that when we see the kingdom of God and we see the kingdom of heaven, those are not interchangeable terms. They're often used interchangeably, but if we get a better understanding of exactly what the kingdom of God is and exactly what the kingdom of heaven is, it will make more sense where we are today. The kingdom of God is actually the expressed will of God. It is the government of God, and it is the influence of God. It is the will of God. It is the uh, government of God, and it is the influence of God. So whenever you see the kingdom of God in Scripture, this is, a, this is an opportunity to view the absolute will and government of God. It's important for you to understand tonight that we need to understand the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven because in all that Jesus teaches and preaches, Think back how many times you've heard Jesus say the kingdom of God is such as, or the kingdom is like unto this, or the kingdom is like a man traveling out of a far country. Jesus spends more time teaching about the kingdom than he does teaching about anything else. And so the gospel of the kingdom, even in Matthew 24, 14, says it must be preached to all the nations as a testimony, and then the end shall come. So we need to understand the kingdom of God is the will of God, it is the uh, influence of God. It is, watch this word, the government of God. Now, the kingdom of heaven is different from the kingdom of God in that the kingdom of God is the influence, but the kingdom of heaven is a location that has fully received God's influence. I hope I'm making sense. So the kingdom of God is the will of God. But the kingdom of heaven is the place that has fully received the kingdom of God or the influence of God. And so when we hear Jesus teaching us to pray, what he's really saying is uh, there is a place that has already completely complied with what God's will is. That place is called heaven. Hello, somebody. The place of heaven has completely uh, complied with the will of God, 100%. Nothing in heaven is in disagreement with the will of God. 
But in the earth realm, there's a whole lot of things that are out of alignment and out of agreement with the will of God. And so enter these disciples, enter these intercessors, enter us for, for, for the sake of the night to understand that we stand in the earth, the place that has not yet received the kingdom of God, and we are praying to a God who, in verse 9, Jesus says, our Father which art in heaven. The place called heaven is the place that our God resides as the Father, and that place has fully received his will and his influence. So when we plug that back in, it makes more sense because we're now living in a place where if we pray, we've got to know what we're doing. So he says, after this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, not just my Father, but everybody's Father, everyone who has been born into the family of God, this is our Heavenly Father, not just our, our God, but this is a familial term. It's our, he is our Father. Uh, he, he, is, he, is our, he is the one who has adopted us into the family. We weren't born into the family. Uh, Jesus is the only begotten son, but we sons and daughters are here by the spirit of adoption so we can all call him our father because we have been adopted into the family of God. But even though we're in earth, watch what Jesus says. Make sure you remember that your father is in heaven, heaven being the place that has completely received the will of God. And then he says this. Hallowed be thy name. In other words, God, while I'm praying, I want you, I want to remember that, that your name is holy. Your, your name is, is, is righteous. Your name is sanctified. It's set apart. Your name is above all other names. And so your name is holy. This is the part where we get this Father in heaven into action in verse 10. Thy kingdom come. Remember I said thy kingdom. The kingdom is the will of God, the government of God, the influence of God. And he says thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So what are we really asking God to do if we're being kingdom-minded? We're asking God to bring his will into the earth realm and do in the earth as he has already done in the heavenlies. Hello, somebody. See, here's the thing you've got to remember about heaven. Heaven is already set according to the will of God. Heaven is already complete, and there is nothing in the terms of flesh or sin that will find glory in the sight of God. Even when uh, uh, iniquity was found in the heart of Lucifer before he could open his mouth, because heaven is so set, that the will of God would always be fulfilled, he was put out because iniquity was found in his heart. And he was put out of heaven. And Jesus said, I behold, I beheld Satan fall from heaven like lightning because there is no room in heaven for anything outside of the will of God. And because there was, there was uprising in the heart of, of Satan, uh, Lucifer, he was put out. And so there is a prayer that we're praying here that says, God, I want your will, your kingdom to come, your government to, to be in place uh, in the earth realm as it is in heaven. Now, that word earth is uh, translated uh, to the word chronos, the, uh, the Greek word chronos. It means 
that this world, thy will be done in this world. In other words, this is one world that we live in right here, but in the heavens is a whole other world. And what we are really asking God to do is to bring your will back to this world. Well, how do we lose the will of God in this world? I'm glad you asked, because by one man named Adam, sin entered to the world and changed the whole concept. But Jesus came back and took dominion and put the enemy in his proper place. And so he's given us back dominion, but now we are here standing in this earth that still hasn't received the will of God, and we're to pray and watch the power that the prayer warrior, watch the power that the intercessor has, watch the power that this one has who can stand in the earth between heaven and earth and declare that the will of God that is completely in place in the heavenlies infuse itself into the earth realm so that the influence of God be felt here. The influence of God is what? In verse 9, hallowed, holy. So we want the holy influence of God. We want the holy government of God. There's a whole lot of other stuff that's going on in the earth, but none of it is holy like our God. And so when we stand praying and we ask the Lord to bring his kingdom, what we're really saying is, God, I want your kingdom to come not just in the earth, but in me first because I am a representative. Life Changers Ministries, you stand and you intercede as representatives of the kingdom of God. And so you got to get kingdom-minded so when you pray, you, you, you understand the role of asking God to bring his will into the earth realm. You see, the earth is a whole lot of mess. And even in Romans, it says that the, the earth, the, the, the earnest expectation of the creature waited on the manifestation, the manifestation of the sons of God. The earth is groaning and travailing, waiting for the will of God to be manifest in his sons and daughters. And so when you pray, thy kingdom come, there's something, why, God, I feel glory now, that wells up on the inside of you. It is the very will of God. It is the very power of God. It gives you the authority to declare what God has said in the, in the heavenlies right here in the earth so that the earth will, in one moment or another, begin to respond affirmatively to the will of God. So there it is in verse 10, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And then it says in verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. In other words, God, when, when, when you're praying, I, I'm asking you to provide everything we need for today. Why would you need daily bread? That is the indication that in this prayer it lets you know that at least you're going to pray once a day because if all I've asked for today on the on the 23rd of January is my daily bread, and that's an indicator that tomorrow on the 24th of January, I'm going to ask for daily bread again, which means that the expectation is that I'm going to be praying every single day, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let me ask you a question. Uh, you intercessors, you, we prayer warriors, what part of the kingdom of God, of the will of God, has been manifest in your life today? Who, who, who has felt the presence of God as a result of you walking into a room today? What have you done? Who, whose hands have you, who, who, have you, who have you laid hands on and declared healing today? 
Who have you declared the word of God uh, over today? Where has the presence of God uh, resided in your travels today? Because we are the carriers of the kingdom. When we show up, the kingdom shows up. When we show up, the power of God shows up. My God, lift your hands right where you are and say, Father, fill me again with your power. Ah, all right, let me move quickly because we don't have a lot of time here. Verse 12 he says, uh, after you give us this day our daily bread, I ask that you forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors, forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Those are the two words interchangeably, but what it really means this, that, 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 that God, I would like you, I'm asking you to forgive me of the things that I have done wrong uh, that I can't pay back, just like I ask you, uh, or just like I forgive others, my God in the kingdom. In the model prayer is a forgiveness clause that paints us into a corner. It literally says that God forgive me only as the way I forgive them. God blot out my transgressions as I blot out the transgressions of others. God move me, uh, 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 relieve me of my debts the way I release others. In other words, you're really saying that, God, if I don't deal with them in grace, then don't deal with me in grace. That's what the word as says, or uh, forgive us our debts as, or like we forgive our debtors. My God, that means that you're really, when, you, when we hold unforgiveness, we're showing God, watch out, here it comes, how we want him to handle us in our moment of needing forgiveness. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. This shouldn't be a difficult concept for us because forgiveness is Christianity 101. That's how we all got into the faith in the first place. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever would believe on him should not perish had everlasting life. The, he, he forgave us into the family. He, he blotted out transgressions that we didn't have the power to deal with. He paid a debt he did not owe, and I owed a debt that I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. Now I sing a brand new song, Oh Glorious Day, because Christ Jesus paid the debt that I could never pay. And so because he's paid the debt, that means that, 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 that kingdom-minded folks have to learn how to release folks from debt. Release folks that did you wrong. Literally speak like Jesus said on the cross, but Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's a clause, and, and, and that clause there is so important because when we don't forgive others, we are really demonstrating to our Father in heaven how we want him to deal with us. Watch out. Here we go, verse 13. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lead us not into temptation. In other words, uh, uh, don't, don't, God, don't put me in a place where temptation resides, but, but, but pull me out of the evil of this area. And, and not just deliver us from evil, but another translation says deliver us from the evil one. See, the evil one is operating in the earth realm. He's operating in the earth kingdom. 
But when you bring the kingdom of God into play, the earth kingdom has to bow down. So, so don't lead me into temptation. We, we know that there is uh, no temptation taking us but such as common to man. But God is faithful. And with the temptation, he will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Oh, so Randy, thank we're you so tempted, much for coming back. As we're struggling, as we're going through, uh, we know that there's a temptation, but there's also a way of escape. And not just deliver us from evil as a concept, but deliver us from the evil one. My God. My God. As we stand in prayer, we have to remember to pray, God, deliver us from the evil one. When you see that all things have, have, have look like hell has broken loose in your life, you, all types of attacks are mounted against you in your mental wellness, in your physical wellness, in your spiritual wellness, we got to remember to say, God, deliver us from the evil one. Deliver me from the evil one. So, so, so he's taking care of our, 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 our needs. He made sure we had all that we needed to eat for the day. He made sure that we didn't have any debt that, uh, that, that, that was held against us, just like we released others. He kept us out of temptation and delivered us from the evil one in this prayer. But here's a, here's a clause that, that, that pulls it all together. Verse 13, for thine is the kingdom in the B clause, and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let me talk about it. For thine is the kingdom. Kingdom, the, the king's dominion. I'm not talking about the place uh, up 95 where folks go for the rides. I'm talking about the king of glory and the dominion that belongs to him uh, and the power. Now, now, when we deal with the kingdom, remember that you're not advancing your kingdom. You're not advancing the kingdoms of the earth. You're not advancing your empire. We're praying so his kingdom shall come because the kingdom belongs to God. And the kingdom is where our mind has to be. The, the, the kingdom is where our focus has to be. We are the church of the living God, but the church of the living God has to understand its role in advancing the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom? The kingdom is not meat and drink, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So when we say thine is the kingdom, what we're really saying is, God, the righteousness and the peace and the joy that resides in the Holy Ghost all belongs to you. Also, all of the power belongs to you. All of the power, all of the authority belongs to you. The authority doesn't belong to me. The only thing I, 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 I have authority in is what the Lord has given us. So Jesus said, I give you power. I give you authority to tread on serpents. But it's not my authority. It has been entrusted to me to operate in, in, in terms of what the kingdom of God would have us to do. But look at this last one here. Not only is thine the kingdom, which is the righteousness, the peace, and the joy in the Holy Ghost, not only is the authority uh, his, and we're just standing in the earth realm looking to make a connection, but the glory, oh my God, the glory of God belongs to him. Let's get this word glory together because glory is the visible and tangible self-manifestation of a thing. The glory 
is the self-manifestation. The glory, hear me, is the evidence. My God. So I'm going to get it in a minute. The glory is the proof. I don't want to just stand in the earth room and pray, God, do such and such and so, uh, and we believe that it's done, and, and in Jesus' name I pray and thank you, amen. No, no, no. I want the glory, which is the proof of his presence. The proof of his presence is that whenever anything is in his presence manifests, that thing has to change, that, that situations have to adjust, uh, uh, crooked ways have to be made straight. Sick bodies are healed. Uh, folks who are bound are set free. Folks who are tormented in their mind uh, have the devils cast out of the mind because his presence is manifest. It's called glory. And what we have to do as believers, as intercessors, as prayer warriors, as preachers, as, as, as pastors, as leaders, as the people of God, as citizens of the kingdom, we have to go for the glory, which is the evidence, which is the proof of his power. It's one thing to tell me that the lion in the cage is vicious, but if you open the lion's cage, he'll prove it himself. We need to be able to just not just say that God is great and God is almighty and God is powerful while we stand in the earth realm. But, my God, we need to stand and declare and pray that the portals of heaven be open and God can prove it himself. I know there's some folks that are waiting on God to do some things, but we stand in the earth realm and we call on the name of the Lord all the way up into the heavens, and we call until we get his glory manifested in the earth realm. The Bible said, it is my people which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray. That's what we do. And, and, and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then, watch what God says, I will hear them, not from the earth. I will hear them all the way up in heaven. I will forgive their sins, but watch the glory. I'm going to also heal the land. The land needs God's intervention. The land needs God's glory. The land of this world needs to feel the very presence of God. And let me put a little bit of weight on your shoulders along with mine. The only way God's glory gets here is that someone who has already been impacted by his glory stands like these disciples are standing and says to the Lord, Teach us how to pray, and then declares what God has said. Bring your kingdom to the earth realm and trample every kingdom in this earth that is not like our God. Trample every government that is not like the government of our God. Trample everything that stands against the power of God. As a matter of fact, can I ask you a question? Tell me who can stand before us when we call on that great name, the name of Jesus. The power of the Holy Ghost gives us authority over every evil thing, over every evil one. That's why we're here today. And whenever you pray, beloved, whenever you call on the name of the Lord, pray, God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. Let, that means let your government come. Let your government come. The Bible declared, Isaiah even said it this way, uh, uh, unto you a child is born, unto you a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. 
That baby in the manger wasn't just there for your nativity scene. When Jesus came, he brought the very government of God to move into the earth realm and to take back the keys and the authority that Adam messed around and gave away. The first Adam gave dominion away, but the last Adam comes back with the government on his shoulders. And when we brought him to the family of God, we declare the word of God, and we bring God's very government to the earth realm. So start in us. It's going to start in the church. And I don't mean the building that you meet in on Sunday mornings. I'll talk about a little bit more of that tomorrow. But it's going to start in the people of God, the ecclesia, the ecclesia, the called out ones who understand who we are in God. God wants to do something through the earth realm, but he has to do it through those who are submitted and kingdom-minded according to his will. And so I'm praying now. I'm getting ready to wrap this up because uh, I feel the Lord's glory moving in this atmosphere. I don't know if you feel it where you are, but, but see, here's the thing. My God in the kingdom. We deal with a God. We serve a God who is three things that we will never be able to be. He is omnipotent, meaning he has all power. There is no power that he has not access to or is not in his hand. He's omnipotent. The second thing is that he's omniscient, which means he sees. He sees me sitting in this room on this phone and sitting at this desk, and he sees you at your kitchen table, and he sees you in your car listening, and he sees you sitting on the steps in your, uh, in, in your hallway, and he sees you in your bedroom because he's omniscient. He sees, and he, he sees everything. But the, the, the third part I want to show you, not only is he an omnipotent God, meaning he has all power, not only is he an omniscient God, meaning he sees and knows everything, but he is omnipresent, which means he's right here with me and in me and right there with you and in you and right there with everybody because he's not just here today at 120, uh, what is it, 635 on the 23rd of January, meaning he's uh, here in this day. So he's not just omnipresent, meaning he's everywhere at the same time, but he's there also at every time at the same time. So someone's listening to the replay right now and feeling the same glory that we feel right now because God, there is no place that God cannot occupy. There's no time that God cannot occupy. And so as we can continue to think about how great and all-encompassing our God is, it lets us know that when we say, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth, his will will occupy every space that we call it into. His, his presence will occupy every place that his, as, has been barren because he has the advancement of the kingdom as a mandate for the church. And so as I close, I'm wrapping this up. Let me kingdom-minded. Keep your mind on the kingdom. Remember that Jesus taught kingdom more than he taught anything else. And when we get an understanding of God's will, the righteousness and the peace and the joy and the Holy Ghost thereof, we will be able to effectively advance the kingdom of God like never before. We're in 2023, and the Bible says that the gospel of the kingdom has to be preached, but you can't preach it until you understand it, until it becomes a part of your life, until it becomes the very the very uh, substratum of your belief and your, and your understanding and the faith. It's all in the kingdom of God. 
I pray now, Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to get kingdom-minded. A very, very familiar passage we read tonight, but I pray now that you would reveal your word and your will and your kingdom to us. We want to see your kingdom here in your parameters, oh God. Prepare us for what we must do in this hour. Prepare us, oh God. Help us not to think that we know it all, but help us to receive now. Take us to the deep things of your word, God. Help us to understand and receive your government, your kingdom, your will, your influence in the name of Jesus. And God, we pray, let your kingdom come. It your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day, O God, O heavenly hallowed name, our Father, uh, our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and and lead us not into temptation, O God, but deliver us from evil, the evil one. Deliver us from him. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, the evidence. It belongs to you. You, O God, get the glory and give us the victory. And we will give you praise in Jesus' name. We pray. Oh, God, we thank you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. I'm turning this back over uh, to Evangelist Lolita Jones. Thank you for the opportunity to share. Did you enjoy that word? Oh, my goodness. Hallelujah. Kingdom-minded. Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Kingdom mind. Are you kingdom minded? (laughs) How serious are you going to take the Lord's prayer now? It's actually not the Lord's prayer. It's our prayer. He taught his disciples how to pray. This is an example. How many of you going to take this prayer seriously now? Hallelujah. We thank God for Pastor J. Kyle Nicholson out of Richmond, Virginia. We thank God for him. We thank God for his wife, Lady Keisha Nicholson. Hallelujah. A mighty couple of my, I call them a power couple, because when you're saved and sanctified and full of the Holy Spirit and you're married to a someone with a like spirit like you have, saved and sanctified, that's a power, power couple. Hallelujah. We thank God for the ministry of Pastor Nicholson. I thank God for him. I ask you to like us on our Facebook page, Life Changers Ministries, LCM. I ask you to subscribe right here to our Faith Talk podcast. Hallelujah. And I ask you to visit our website. Yes, visit our website, lolitajoneslive.com. L-O-L-I-T-A-J-O-N-E-S-L-I-V-E.com. We thank God for you. Thank you for taking your time out to listen to what thus said the Lord. God bless you.